God is good. And all the time. Right. You can be seated for a moment. So yesterday was a backpack event uh, here at the church. Yeehaw. Somebody got excited. <laughs> Yeehaw. Um, it was a nice day. A little bit cooler than we've had in the past. Uh, and we changed the time a little bit. So running it in the morning. Um, and it's still warming up by noon a little bit. But uh, that sun gets on us. But uh, it was a good event. Um, volunteers, we, we appreciate everyone who came and helped and all those who have donated leading up to it. Um, we had a few backpacks left over. I think it had been pretty much since the first event eight or nine years ago that we've ever had any left. But uh, we had a few left, and there may be a couple reasons for that. Um, and I was thinking about that yesterday. You know, hmm, we had some left. You know, what needs to change? What do we need to do? You know, why was the number down a little bit? And I, like God, whispered and said, was anybody ministered to? I said, well, yeah. I said, there definitely was. I personally, w you know, saw people ministering to people. I think sometimes we get caught up in numbers. That's kind of what God spoke. We get caught up in numbers too much. You know, we hear about, especially with churches, we hear events. The church did this event. First thing we'll ask, how many people did they have? What was the number? VBS, how many kids did they have there? What was it? But it's all about ministering to people. And there were definitely some people ministered to, so we did what God wanted. Um, and it was a great time. So that's all that matters. And, and if we do it again, we've got a few backpacks that are already donated towards it. So, <laughs> so there you go. But uh, so it was a good day, great day. We appreciate everybody helping and uh, working with that. Um, if you don't know, this morning we have a, a special guest with us here today, um, Arnold and Barb Dameron. Right? Did I get it right? All right. I'm, I'm doing good. All right, so they'll be with us. Um, they'll be sharing this morning, and then following that, we have uh, a dinner or lunch downstairs. So I'm sure you won't forget that. So probably start smelling that pretty soon coming up, and then then everybody gets a little antsy. Just so you know. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> we'll, we'll turn the fans on, start blowing it up here. <laughs> All right, so yeah, but stay, everybody, stay. Uh, welcome to join us for that. Have some food and fellowship downstairs. And uh, do remember, August 6th coming up is the ladies' breakfast. That'll be uh, here at the church at 9 a.m. Uh, Sister Vicki will have devotion and, uh, that, that morning. And then August 20th is men's ministry, uh, 5 o'clock here at the church. And ladies' retreat, if you uh, haven't signed up for that or registered, you need to have your hotel room uh, by, what is it, August 23rd. That needs to be reserved. So ladies, if you're going to uh, ladies' retreat, you need to... Go ahead and call down to the hotel and get that done. It's in the bulletin here, the name, and, and uh, there's some information downstairs on that bulletin board as well. And I will announce uh, on the front of the bulletin, the uh, territorial website did change. So because you can go on there, ladies, and register as well, and it's a different one. So it's in the bulletin there. If you look under territory, um, they had to make a change there. So you can get that info there. Does anybody need to share any announcement they need? You missed? Nothing? All right, let's all stand. We'll begin this morning with a uh, time of prayer before we go into worship. If anyone has any prayer requests they'd like to make known, I know Joe's still uh, not feeling well, so we need to remember him.
Yes, many blessings, answers to prayer. Praise God for that. Yes, Lois. COVID, be ready for God. Yeah, just remember that. Anyone else? I saw one more. No? All right. Well, let's just all pray this morning. God, we thank you for this time. Thank you, God. it on an envelope or on a check and it will go wherever you mark it but if it's uh, if it's loose in there it will go towards the building fund this morning but let's pray again god we come to you again lord thanking you for the opportunity to give god and we just ask that you would bless these finances lord use them for your will god and, and uh, that it be 
and to your glory. We thank you for all you've done, what you're doing, and continue to do. In your name, amen. of the Lord this morning, and I might be the base of the group this morning, but praise the Lord anyway. <laughs> but we want to worship the Lord. We're going to start with uh, one that the young people did at camp, that we want to try to incorporate some of those in, because um, I know they were blessed by them. Y'all get to sing it too, so you can stand up. Uh, but it's called, I Thank God. Uh, and is anyone thankful that the Lord came and turned you around? Amen. Yes. He placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the master. I thank the savior. Because you healed my heart, you changed my name. Forever free, I am not the same. I thank the master and I thank the savior. I thank God. And we wanted to do it. Jordan's going to do a, the verses for us. And he goes back to school in a couple of weeks. You can all be sad about that as I am. So he heads back to college in a couple of weeks, so we wanted to get this song introduced and, and going before he heads back. But let's worship the Lord together this morning. Amen. Wandering into the night, wanting a place to hide this weary soul. Vagabonds. I try with all my might, but I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting, a vagabond.
choice but to believe my doubts are burning like ashes in the wind. So, so long to my old friends, burden and bitterness, you can just keep it moving. No, you're not welcome here.
he's the only one. He is the mighty one, isn't he? I have chasted and seen your goodness, Lord. Hallelujah. And I've stood in the power of your presence. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, our mighty God.
worship the Lord as our uh, as uh, Brother Dameron comes. Can you hear me now? All right, all right, all right. Like I said, the, while we were worshiping the Lord, the Holy Spirit is always looking for a place to rest. And when we minister to Him and allow Him to come in and allow His presence to be a part of what we're doing, one translation says He likes to come in and make Himself at home. So the Holy Spirit has always been and always will be perfect gentleman. He'll never go anywhere where he's not welcome. He'll never get into any situations to where he's not welcome. But I believe he feels welcome here this morning at Hope Through Grace Fellowship right here in Kansas City, Missouri. And as we worship him today and as we lift up the mighty name of Jesus, he's going to touch us. He's going to touch us with his presence and that's I heard a guy say yesterday I was listening to a tape and he said God can do more for us in five minutes I believe he could do more for us in five seconds than anyone out here could do for us in a lifetime so I'm ever grateful for the presence and the power and the passion of the Holy Spirit that we allow to come into our services can you say amen Amen, amen. Thank you, thank you. Y'all appreciate your praise team. Let's give them a hand this morning. Glory to God. They're about to get me happy this morning. Of course, it don't take much to get me happy. I heard a guy say one time, uh, there's some people I know that just dance at the drop of a hat. And I said, well, give me the hat and I'll drop it. So, uh, you know, I just never have got over being saved. I've been saved going on almost 47 years and God's been so good to me. I just never did want to let him go. Kind of have an amen. Glory to God. Good to be in the house of God this morning. For those of you that don't know, my name is Arnold Dameron, my wife Barbara. Uh, stand up, honey. Let everybody or turn around and say hello to everybody. <laughs> yes, we certainly do that. Thank you for allowing us to come. Uh, uh, and your pastor, please relate to him our uh, fond thanks for allowing us to come and, and uh, share his pulpit today. Uh, my wife and I, Barb, we'll be married 50 years this year, and we give God all the praise. First girl I ever kissed when I was 10 years old. 
But now I'm not, I'm not propagating that you teach your children that it's okay to start kissing people at the age of 10 years old. It was, it was one of those recess things. You know how when you're out in recess playing, we were raised together. I played baseball with her brothers. And we grew up playing sports together. And uh, she has been my forever love for going on 50 years this December. And the main ingredient that's helped both of, both of us is when we accepted Jesus as our personal Savior. So we're just so glad to be with you today. By way of Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, uh, we just bring you greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Big thanks to Brother Harold for uh, texting me and uh, uh, telling me some things about going on. He's been a blessing, and we certainly appreciate him. Well, are you ready to get in the Word this morning? Amen. Amen. Well, if you would, uh, let me get over here where I'm supposed to be. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to be talking about this morning. The Lord wanted me to share this with you this morning. Is our greatest asset. Say that with me. Our greatest, our greatest asset. And uh, if you're like me, when I hear words like that, I had a kind of a knowledge of what it stood for, but I had to go to Mr. Webster and, and get a defining explanation of what an asset really is. An asset is a resource with economic value that an individual or a corporation or a country owns or controls with the expectation that it will provide a future benefit. Now, that's what an asset is in the natural realm. And we all have, I'm sure, natural assets. We have uh, 401s. We have saving accounts. We have retirement funds. We have homes. We have cars. We have rental properties. And we have all these other kind of things. Uh, as our assets to help us in our future. But the greatest asset I want to talk to you about today is in the spirit realm and is our greatest asset is God's Word. Say that with me. My greatest asset is God's Word. Is God's Word. Let's say that again. My greatest asset is God's Word. Amen. Uh, words are like containers. You know, like a basket, they took up the offering. Words are like containers. They hold things. And when you speak things, Proverbs tells us about there is life and death in the power of the what? The tongue. So words, when you speak words, they're either going to carry life or they're either going to choose death. And, of course, I encourage us as believers to always go on the life side. I would rather speak things of life. The words that you speak, they're containers. They, they hold what you're believing. They, they hold the future to how you can receive from the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? A friend of mine, that uh, the founder of the Bible college that Barbara and I went to, he always had people coming to him. And they would say, brother, what do you think this means in the Bible? And you've probably had people come to you, and you've probably had people come to you. Well, what does that really mean? And his answer was always this. What does the Word say? What does the Word say? Because the answer that you need to have is found in the 66 books of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I believe there's 37 in the Old, 27 in the New. But your answer is found in the Word. Look at a person next to you and say, you're going to find what you need in the Word. Yeah. 
Come on, you need to quit looking in the wrong spot. You need to quit looking in the wrong place. You need to quit looking in the wrong corner. It's in the Word. What I need is in the Word. Can you say amen? Praise God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share your Word today. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. So I thank you, Father. It's not about so much as what I say, but it's what these people are hearing from the Holy Ghost that's going to touch their hearts. So I give you praise. I give you glory in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 13 says, Therefore my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge and their honorable men are famished and their multitude are dried up with thirst. The NIV translation says in Isaiah 5.13, it says, Therefore my people will go into exile for lack of understanding, for their men of rank will die of hunger, and the masses will be parched with thirst. We're talking about finding what you need in a time of help, in a time of famine, in a time of need. Well, it's the Word. It's the Word. I, I know you've probably heard that all the time. You need the Word. You need the Word. Well, you do. Romans ten seventeen says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, not having heard. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. Well, just because you heard it one time don't mean you get it. Just because I had a steak one time don't mean I'm going to quit eating steak. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Faith for what? Whatever it is you're believing God for. Whatever it is you're believing God to help you out of. Whatever it is you're believing God to heal you with. Whatever it is you're believing God to help you with. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by what? The Word of God. Not opinions. Not what I say about it. But what God says about it. The captivity that Isaiah speaks about is a spiritual captivity that was already widespread in the nation of Israel. The reason being they had no knowledge of the Word of God. If we as believers do not understand the Word, then spiritual captivity will be the result. Freedom over the world and the flesh and the devil can only be brought about By Jesus and what he accomplished on the cross of Calvary. There should be no reason that the people of God, the men, the women, the brothers and sisters of God are in captivity when we have the loving word of God at our disposal. Can you say amen? But the truth, listen to me, but the truth is that the modern day church, quote, the modern day church out here, think the reasons that we're going through things is, is because that God does not exist. That's not true. God does exist. Things are going to happen. But when things do happen, you know, and how many believe God's got an answer? God's got an answer for your problem. I said God's got an answer for your children, why they're staying out of church. God's got an answer for why sickness and disease is trying to take hold of all of us. God's got an answer, and it's found in His Word. Can you say amen? Amen. Thank God for His Word. But the truth is the modern-day church has knowledge of many things. They think they're so smart. They have an answer for everything. But no, they don't. The truth is that the modern-day church has knowledge of many things, but little at all when it comes to what God says about His Word. 
Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 says this, My people, those who love me, those who follow me, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You know you can love God and be destroyed by the devil? Because you don't know what the Word says about helping you. Many people in the, word, in the world today are facing all kinds of things. And they think because they're going through these things that it's God's will that all these things are happening to you. But I want to tell you, God says otherwise. God says, I've got an answer for you. I've got an answer for your home. I've got an answer for your children. I've got an answer for your community. I've got an answer for your state. I've even got an answer for your country. And His name is Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? It's all about Him, and it never was about anything else. If it's not about Jesus, what we're doing, if Jesus is not in the middle of everything we're doing, we need to take a step back and look at it again. Whoa! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Sometimes I get a little loud. Sometimes. (laughs) But I can't help it. Well, I could help it, but I love it. See, God came in here and he invaded the privacy of a sinner man and took hold. And now I'm, I have the joy of the Lord in me. This lack of knowledge. See, good people. I said good people. The devil's been lying to good people for years that their life can't change. That's a lie. He's been lying to good people for years, telling them situations aren't going to get any better. That's a lie. Glory to God. This lack of knowledge was not ignorance, but a willful disregard of the word. It was simply because they did not want to know what the word said. (laughs) Folks, I want to tell you, if we're going to live a life of faith, we're going to have to know what the word says. Come on now. If we're going to be who God wants us to be, we need to know who we are in Christ. I'm glad to know that I am, I am, He is in me and I am, I am in Him. Glory to God. 1 Peter 2 2 says, As newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the Word that you what may grow thereby. Why do we continually give babies milk? We want them to grow. Why, as pastors and leaders and teachers, do we continually give the people the Word of God? Sometimes we hear it again and again and again. Well, I'll tell you why. We want you to grow, just like that baby that the mother nurses all those weeks and all those months. Wouldn't it be awful if all of a sudden that mother took that milk away from that baby? You know what that baby would do? That baby would die because of malnutrition. What do you think happens to the people of God when they're not nursing on the Word of God, when the Word of God is not being poured into you? Faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. You need to have God's Word in you so that you can what? Grow. I don't want to be a baby all my life. I want to grow up. Glory to God. I always wanted to be tall. <laughs> but, you know, I guess everybody got some other things. But I greeted this brother earlier here. And I said, uh, how you doing, brother? Just don't stand up. You're going to make me look short. <laughs> but stand up. See, <laughs> he made some people handsome and tall. Amen? <laughs> you can sit down. Glory to God. Why? He wants us to grow. He wants us to grow. I messed this up, Harold. Hold on. 
Help me out here, Harold. Glory to God. While he's fixing that. <laughs> Just as much. <laughs> Just as much as that. <laughs> it's okay to laugh in church. Come on. <laughs> it's okay. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It really is. Amen. <laughs> Happy is the man that knows who he is and still laughs at himself. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> but the, that baby needs that nourishment. Just like this, this fine young man right here. He needs nourishment. I bet he eats his mom and dad out of house and home. I don't know. You're always asking for something to eat. What do you got to eat, Mom? Is that you? Well, it's like old boys. Why? He wants to grow. I said he wants to grow. That's the first thing my grandkids say when they come in the house. Papa, what do you got to eat? And I'm saying, is it always about eating? And he says, well, I- I'm a grown boy. Well, listen, I can, uh, hey, Harold, you're going to have to help me again. Hey, let me grab one of these mics here. How about that? Will that work? Folks, we will continue. Hello? Can you say amen? <laughs> help me, Jesus. This will be a story. I went to church, preached at a church, candidate for the church, and I messed up. You know, couldn't even, couldn't even get the microphone right. I, as a matter of fact, I misquoted the first scripture that I had a chance to read. I was in the wrong place. What does he want us to do? He wants us to grow. How many of you in here do not want your children to grow? No hands. How many of you in here want to make sure that your children get the right nourishment? You feed them from the time they are children to the time, hopefully, that they leave home on their own and go get a job, go to college, whatever it is, and make a living for themselves. That's the heart of God. He wants to make sure that you're fed correctly. And what the Word will do, it, it, won't even, it not only brings nourishment, but it will bring protection. As newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may what? grow. I have never gotten over not wanting this. I still love to be taught. I still love the Word of God. I still love to hear things that's going to make me strong. Because it's the Word in you that's going to make you strong when the adversary comes sometimes at the middle of the night. What are you going to do? Well, i tell you what you ought to do. You ought to just quote a scripture. You ought to just get a word. This is what I'm going to do, devil. This is what I'm going to do about it. Amen? In times of trial and temptation, there is no replacement for knowing what the Word says. How many of you believe that? When times get tough, when it looks like you don't know what you're going to do, there's no replacement for knowing what God wants you to do in that particular situation that you're in. We've all been in situations like that. Thank God He's never left me alone. And He never will. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Our success as believers, listen to this, is hinged on two forces, believing and saying. Do you believe what the Word says, and are you saying what you believe? Come on. We believe what the Word says, but are we saying what we believe? Are you giving voice to it? I mean, it's like when my kids were growing up, they knew the voice of dad and mom. Mom, can I do this? No, you better not do it. And they do it anyway. 
Dad, can I do this? No, you're not going to do it. And they listen to what's going on. <laughs> it's called two different voices. How many of you know kids know how to play their parents? Grandparents too. They, oh Lord, I got eight of them. They play me, try to play me all the time. But let me say that to you again. Your success, not just our success. How many of you want to be successful as believers? Amen. I don't want to get knocked down every time I get up in the morning. I don't want to get uh, uh, slapped every time I go somewhere and want to do something for God and, and the devil sticks his ugly face and mug in it and just ruins everything. Well, God don't want that either. Our success as believers is hinged on two forces, believing and saying. Do you believe what the Word says and are you saying what you believe? If you'll read over in Mark 11, verse 23, it says there is three times more saying than there is believing. That's telling me that I need to begin to say what I believe. How many of you know it's okay to say what you believe? Amen. I believe, I, 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 well, I'll, I'll say that. I believe this is a Pentecostal church. Why do I say that? Well, I believe it is. I believe this is a church that people love each other. I can say that. Amen. Well, we need to say what we believe. It's time to break the silence and start putting a voice to what we believe. Okay, let's get into the Word here now. What does the Word say about eternal life? Look here at John 5, 24. What does the Word, not what I say about what does the Word say about eternal life? John 5, 24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth, on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is what passed from death unto life. We're talking about Jesus giving us eternal life. That's what the Word said about it. It don't matter what the devil says about it. don't matter what my neighbor said about it. Jesus just told me that I could have eternal life. Eternal life means I can do it forever. Glory to God. The NIT English transversion of that scripture says this. He has already left death and has entered into life. Talking about Jesus. He has already left death. And what? And has entered into life. The Jordan version of that same scripture says he has already obtained spiritual life. And transferred, listen to this, from the region of death into the region of life. We're talking about eternal life. That's what happened when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary. There was a transfer made from the damn hells of death over to the realm of spiritual life. Whoa! What does the word say about redemption? That was eternal life. What does it say about redemption? In Colossians chapter 2 verse 15. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. Talking about the plan of redemption. How many of you know you've been redeemed? A price was paid and it was the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross of Calvary. Oh, the Homer version of Colossians 2.15 says this. Having spoiled the orders of the rebel hierarchy, he paraded them in open triumph that he gained over them while he was on the cross. Whew, glory to God. That'll give you the whoos. 
<laughs> well, what did he say about faith? A friend of mine named Mark Hankins said, the first part of you that your faith will move is your mouth. Because you're not going to say nothing most times that you don't believe. But boy, you give somebody something that they believe. Well, sometimes you just can't get them to quit talking. Anybody ever been around people that just all they want to do is just talk and they never say nothing? They just like to talk. Amen. We need to say. We need to begin to say what we believe. You believe you're here? Then you need to say, say I'm here. Why do you say that? I'll tell you why. Because you're here. <laughs> See? You need to say what you believe. The word is true. The blood has covered my sins. I can say that and believe that with all of my heart. Glory to God. Let's go on here. Amen. What does the word say about faith? Romans 10 8 says, but what saith it? Tell it, brother. Preach it on the mountaintop. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to stand up and say amen. Amen. I'm going to say that a little bit louder so the people in the back, back row can hear me. But what saith it? The word is what? Nigh thee, even in thy mouth. That is a word of faith that we what? Preach. Preach. That is a word of faith that we what? Preach. Preach. Where is it? It ought to be in your mouth. Oh, that's just for the preacher. No, it's not. It's for the moms and the dads and the kids that are believing God for something in their life. Woo! <laughs> the Amplified Translation of Romans 10.8 says, The Word, God's message in Christ, is near you, on your lips and in your heart. <laughs> that is the Word, the message, the basis and object of faith which we preach. Glory, the Word is nigh where, where should the Word be? It ought to be in your mouth. Nigh you, the word is nigh you, even in your what? Your mouth. You ought to speak a word over every situation you face. Amen? <laughs> well, what does the word say about the Holy Spirit? Ephesians 3.16 says that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be what? Strengthened with might by the Spirit in the inner man. You are strengthened in here by the power of Jesus Christ. A translation of that says, I pray that out of the wealth of his glory, he will grant you to be mightily strengthened by his spirit in every core of your being. Every part of you, every part of you should be strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit that you can get a hold of in the word of God. Well, what does it say about the authority of the believer. Wait a minute, Pastor. Are you telling me that as a believer, I have some authority? Absolutely. I said absolutely. You need to know who you are in Christ. You need to know, you need to know why you're in Christ, how you got in Christ, and what it means to be in Christ. Amen. <laughs> Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. He didn't say be weak anywhere, did he? The only time... The only reason that the adversary is winning because we allow weak spots in our life and that's where he attacks us. Where we're the most vulnerable. 
But if we'll put a word in that place, if we'll put a word in that spot, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The Knox version says, draw your strength from the Lord, from the mastery which his power supplies. Now, you know, God's got a lot to pass around. He's not going to run out of any supply. He got plenty. I say he got plenty to pass out. Glory to God. The Amplified Version says, be empowered through your union with him. Amen. How many know a marriage is stronger when two come together? A union. That's what a union is. We come together. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him. That strength which his boundless mercies will ever provide. Glory to God. Well, we're getting ready to close. Because you know what that means, don't you? Nothing. <laughs> what does the word say about prayer? Y'all know all this, but we need to put it in our mouth. You need us more speaking who you are. What does the word say about prayer? Ephesians 1.18 Many of you pray this, I'm sure. That the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints is for you and I. The NIV translation of Ephesians 1.18 says this. I pray that your inward eyes be illuminated so that you may know what is the hope to which he calls you. What the wealth and the glory of the share that he offers you among his people in their heritage. Y'all know God wants to share everything with us that he has. Didn't didn't he show it through his son, Jesus Christ? I'm going to send my son. And I'm going to share my son with you. And everything he has to offer you, I've given him authority to share it with you. Y'all know why Jesus was so successful? It wasn't that he was the son of God. He was, he was very much man. He said, I do what my father tells me to do. Amen. And I believe the things that he told me to do, I go ahead and do them. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, what does the word say about healing? Matthew, well, let's look at this one. I wanted want to read this one to you. What does it say about healing? I've heard many people today uh, facing some healing situations. But look over here in Matthew, Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18. Hallelujah. Matthew, chapter 18. And look down here. Excuse me, Matthew 8. Anybody ever get your scriptures mixed up? (laughs) You're looking at one guy that does. Matthew 8, chapter 8, verse 17. What does the word say about healing? It says that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself, Jesus. Talking about Jesus now. Saying himself, Jesus took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. I believe he did that. I said, I believe he did that. I believe he did that for you and I. It also says over in Psalms 107, verse 20, that he sent his word, and his word did what? Healed them. 
His word healed him. His word. See, you've got to speak that word over you. You've got to speak that word here in, in Matthew 8, 17 over you. What did he do? Himself, Jesus, took our infirmities and bare our sickness. If he took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses, folks, I want to tell you, they don't belong to us. But when they come, we have a right to stand on what the word says. Now, Lord, I know what the word says. I know what you said right here in Matthew 8, 17, but I'm facing some problems. I'm facing some attacks. I'm facing some sicknesses that's trying to come over me and come on me. But you said in your word, what did he say in his word? I didn't say this. He did. What did he say? He said that it might be fulfilled who was spoken by the prophet Isaiah saying himself, Jesus. Jesus took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. That's what he, a couple of things he says about healing. Who took them? He did. We know who brought them. We, we all know where sickness comes from. We all know about that. But Jesus took them away. And when you believe that, in here, not in here, there needs to be a download from here into here with God's Word before God's Word can work for you. Just like getting saved. You had to believe that Jesus was a Savior before that He could save you. But when we readily believe that, didn't He save us? He, he certainly did. Well, what does it say about finances over in Philippians 4.19? Well, let's look over there. Hey, this guy is so good back there. Put that up on the screen. He's quick. I didn't know he was doing that. Philippians 4.19, talking about finances. But who? Yes, but God. God shall what? He shall supply all of my needs, your need according to his riches in glory. By who? By Christ Jesus. Amen. Who's doing it? God is. Amen. We've all been in situations. I tell you, Barbara and I used to be so broke when we was living over in West Virginia. Some, a, a big thing to us was to share one can of Pepsi and a can of Viennese sausages. Y'all know what? Maybe proper speaking people say Vienna. But where I come from, Eastern Kentucky and West Virginia, man, I love a can of Viennese. Little barbecue. You can even get them with barbecue sauce now. I mean, that was a big deal. We, and we was raising three kids. We didn't, we didn't have no money. I was just out preaching and, and doing what I thought God wanted me to do. And here we thought it was a big deal, sharing a can of Pepsi. And I think there was six or seven of those Viamis in that can. I forget how many. I don't know. But anyway, we were walking down this old dirty road. And we were thanking God how good we had it. And God spoke into our hearts then. Oh, gosh, 35, 40 years ago. He said, you'll never have a day of famine again in your life. And from that day forward, God started showing us things about finances, about money, about sowing seed, about paying tithes, about honoring our church where we went. Can you say amen? You know, <laughs> glory to God. Philippians 4.19. Oh, let me read it again. But my God, who's going to be your supplier? I know you work a job, but God gives you the, the, uh, the health that you need to be there. But God is a supplier, and he will supply all your need according to all he has. Now, he has an abundance to share with you 
about who he is in here. The abundance that you're getting comes from here. It's what the word says about it. Amen. Uh, one more. Look over here in Acts chapter 19. What's it say about the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues? I believe it's real. I do because I already do, so you can't talk me out of it. <laughs> but I believe it's pertinent today, for today. Amen. Acts, did I give you the scripture, brother? Acts 19, beginning in verse 1. What time y'all quit around here on Sunday? Give it, somebody give this man a prize. <laughs> Look here. Now we're going to go down through verse 1 through 6, Mr. Soundman. Look here at verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, finding certain disciples. Look here at verse 2. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, unto them, We have not so much as even heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. Now look here at verse 3. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. They heard John preach about Jesus. They accepted Jesus as their personal Savior. They went to the water and they got what? Baptized in water. Go on to verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 6. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and began to prophesy. What did Paul do after they were saved? After they had received the Spirit? You can't receive the Spirit and not get saved. They were baptized in water, but Paul had something else. Paul laid hands on them, and they began to speak in tongues. Hallelujah, it's real. Remember that old song? It's real, it's real. This Holy Ghost thing. I'm not a singer, but that's the way the song went anyway. It's real. Come on. I said it's real. It's real. There's more for us after we accept Jesus as our personal Savior. Of course, there's more to learn about that. There's a whole study in that right there. But I wanted to let you know the power of God and the power of the Holy Ghost is real. It's real. And the baptism, of course, as well as salvation, is free. It's for all believers. Amen. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Well, what is our greatest asset? The Word. <laughs> the Word of God. <laughs> it's not only going to take care of you now, as in our natural assets do, It'll not only take care of you in the future as you grow older and you've, you've made allowances for retirement and things like that, but the Word will take you over into eternity. The Word has already made provision for you to live forever, to be blessed forever, to have your needs met forever. Amen. Where's my piano player? Young lady, could you play a little something for me? I don't know about everybody here this morning. Again, it has been our privilege and pleasure to come and speak before you today. We've loved coming. Never been here in Kansas City before, so it's a first for us. We've been a lot of places, but we've never been here in Kansas City, Missouri. So uh, uh, actually, I'll say this about Kansas City. The only real thing that I remember about Kansas City that, that I like to remember was George Britt played for the Kansas City Royals.
Glory to God. He was one of my favorite players. So we just thank God for uh, Kansas City and all that they're doing. But you know what? Just go ahead and play something by the Spirit there, honey. You, you say you've been sick, been fighting some things. Y'all, y'all stretch your hands up towards her. What is your first name, Lisa? Lisa. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, the word that you have sent to Lisa today has touched her because she is believing God for healing. So we thank you. We speak life over her. We thank you, Father, that she's such a vital part to not only this congregation, but to you in general. And we thank you, Father, as she grows, as her heart grows and gets more fonder than ever of the importance of leading people into the presence of the Lord. So we call her well. We speak life over her right now in the mighty name of Jesus. So praise God. Uh, We want you all to know that we're praying with you. We're praying for you that God will send the right man to whoever he may be. And wherever he may come from, we're believing God already knows who he is. And Barb and I just happened to be here today. So we're praying God's best for you. I mean God's absolute best for you. And I know that God has your hearts in mind when he does that. But if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want to give you an invitation this morning to come learn about this man called Jesus. John 16 said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, I like them big words, whosoever, that included me. Amen. That goes beyond all boundaries and barriers. Whosoever, let him come. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would come would not perish, but what's the rest of it, my brother? Have everlasting life. Yeah, he knows. It's all about Jesus, isn't it? It's all about him. It's all about him. (laughs) And the word is full of Jesus, from Genesis to Revelation. Every book, it's got Jesus in it. It's all through there. So if you're here and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you might want to raise your hand and say, Pastor, remember me. Remember me when you pray. Because I need some things in my life to change. But Jesus is the most important greeting that you'll ever have. Jesus will help you in any situation, whatever it is. Amen. Amen. Let's Let's just worship the Lord here for a moment. Let's just see if the Holy Spirit wants to do anything else. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're just believing for your children that are not here today, that you've been praying for, that have been in church, that know about church, and they know what they need to do. So Barbara and I are praying for your children that they would come back home that they would recognize that the Holy Spirit is all He says He is. God's going to turn things around for many of you in here. I heard Him say, turn around. He's turning some things around. Turning some things around for you because you're going to start saying it. You're going to start saying, things are turning around for me. Things are about to change. 
in the home that I live in. Isn't he good? Well, we love you. God loves you. Come on, brother. You're, you're the man in charge here, so I'll hand this over to you. Y'all love this brother right here? Give him a hand clap. Good word, good word. Right. You need to live it, speak it, have confidence in it. Um, well, God is, God's word's our greatest asset. And a little bit below that, though, probably is food. And that's downstairs. So uh, we're going to go down there and enjoy. We'll have a prayer here before we go down. And it'll take just a moment to set things up. We didn't send anybody down there to set it up. Everybody wanted to get the word today and eat there first. So, uh, but. But uh, it'll get set up pretty quick. But let's pray and uh, then fellowship some. And please do stay. Make your way to the basement. There's plenty of food, all kinds of soda. We had a game yesterday. You could drink soda until we're, I don't know how many two liters are down there, but uh, there's a, lot, there's a lot, lot of root beer down there. But let's pray. God, we thank you for this morning, Lord. We thank you for your word, God. And just help us apply it to our hearts, God, and to uh, go with it and, and to... Uh, not just let it go in our ears, God, but to continue to uh, allow it to uh, uh, eat at our hearts, God, and uh, help change us, Lord, and that we will be uh, confident in you, God. Speak what you want us to hear from you, Lord, and uh, we just uh, ask now that you'll bless this food that's downstairs, that you'll nourish it to each one, God, and that we just have a good time of, of fellowship and eating, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.